Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and welcome to another episode of the post-conference presser. So for this one, we're talking about Newcastle, a big game coming up on Saturday for Jurgen Klopp and the Reds. So I'm your host, your normal host, Dave Davis, from a, a windy and absolutely Baltic Edinburgh today, I'm not going to lie at all. And I'm very pleased to be joined by fellow AI contributor and massive red, Henry Jackson. Henry, how are you? Hi, Dave. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Thanks. Yeah, better after Monday. Yeah, I think that pretty much goes for everyone, doesn't it? Everything just looks a little rosier after Derby Bracket Rice was secured. So, yeah, happy days with that. So, we'll get into it, guys. We'll do the normal sort of press conference, Everton, Newcastle. Formation and lineup predictions, and then Henry will run the gauntlet of beating the host. Well, I'm very pleased to say I am now level again, thanks to the beautiful human that is Mo Salah opening the scoring as Jordan Pickford heads off to find out what's wrong with his air fryer. So a good start for the so Henry. An, an interesting press conference in a way. It was um maybe less juicier than normal, if that's the the right phrase. There's a lot of questions that were linked to Newcastle, so we'll sort of probably park those a little bit, talk about those in the Newcastle section. But a real focus almost on youth when they sort of players were name-checked today. And understandably, probably a right place to start, is we Stepan Bajsetic. What a boy. And interestingly, an English and Spanish journalist, I didn't think they had a translator at first in the room, but they did get to ask two separate questions from different nationalities about we badge. So the first question was from the English journal journalist about he's playing well, but with the games, is it difficult to take him out of those big games? Quite clear from Jurgen Klopp. No, it's not difficult at all. We can read the numbers. And 
probably a fair point that he made that it's one game a week. He's been, you know, come into the side, if that's the right phrase. He's been playing exceptionally. And I suppose the Spanish was what journalist was naturally chatting about, you know, how popular, how well he's done. So he was happy to sort of wax lyrical about, you know, the young 18-year-old. And I love how he said the brilliant mix of Spanish and Serbian. I thought that was a good line as well. So I suppose with him at the moment, there's probably a two-part question I've got for you at the moment. Yeah. Where do you think he sits in the pecking order? And so the second part of that, I suppose, how good do you think this kid can actually be? Well, firstly, I, I don't think there's any doubt at the moment that he has to be the first choice. I mean, you just yeah. you, only, you only have to look at his form and, and age really is only a number. And obviously you can get some 18-year-olds who look overawed by games and, and aren't ready, but he's come straight in. Admittedly, you know, there's not a lot of competition in terms of being on yeah. the at the moment. So maybe he's the best of a, of a pretty awful bunch around him. But um, everything he's bringing, whether it's his, you know, the pressing the quality on the ball, the composure. He's, he ticks every box at the moment and we wouldn't be batting an eyelid if he was 28 instead of 18. I think the only reason right. some sort of think, oh, should he be playing every game is, is simply because he's a teenager. But um, form-wise and, and the impact he's having on the team, he he has to be he has to be first choice. And, you know, I get the point. You, you don't want to overplay him, as, as Klopp sort of alluded to. If we're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Sunday, Wednesday, and, you know, you don't want to do yeah. that. You don't want to burn out a young player. But with this sort of week break, there's no doubt that he, he walks into the team on, on Saturday and um, he's a huge player for us. And then in, in terms of this, the second question... You don't want to get carried away about young players because yeah. we do it all the time as football fans. You can't help it. I remember talking up Ben Woodburn and thinking he was going to be like a, a superstar at Liverpool. Yeah. It didn't didn't work out for him. And, and that happens to a lot of players. Curtis Jones at the moment is not quite cutting the mustard. But having said that, he, he really does look a special player for his age. That intelligence he's got, he's... He's more physical than I think he's given credit for. I think he's six foot yeah. one, and it's obviously you know the shirt's hanging off him a bit, and he can he can fill out, but he get he gets stuck in. He's got a bit of fight about him, and then it's just when he's got the ball without heaping pressure on him, he's just got a little bit of busquets about him for me. Just this composure and ability to just thread a pass, never look rushed. Tiago, Tiago in a similar way. Um, so I really I look at him and just think he looks way beyond his years in terms of his development. And if he can avoid serious injury, there's no reason why he can't be that long-term replacement potentially for Fabinho in the number six or maybe in one of the number eight roles. So at the moment, he looks like a huge prospect. There's going to be ups and downs along the way because that always happens with young players. But at the moment, he's a huge player for us. I love that. I always love it because it's true the way you don't... We don't want to hide young players too much but at the same time I love that it's true elements of Busquets and Thiago at the same time <laughs> yeah but... I, I can't help it and, and he'll probably you know maybe in five years he he won't be at Liverpool and he'll have dropped down he'll be playing for a team threatened by relegation but you just look at him at the moment he really does look the real deal yeah I, I couldn't agree more I think the one thing that really excited me the other night as well is that in, in the midfield recently when we've been struggling he's been playing that six yeah. so to speak you know with with Thiago and Naby at either side of him. But yeah. I think especially against the the Derby, we won't go into it too much, but very much almost like a, a hybrid eight. And Jurgen Klopp even talked about it a little bit, you know, how he helped the others, you know, allowed Fabinho to have his best game. So he plays a few roles, but yeah, yeah it's 
he's trying not to get too carried away, but this kid does look some talent at the moment. So yeah, fingers fingers crossed it carries on and we can keep talking about it. I suppose to one youngster that there's not been too much talk about until the the final question actually in the press conference, we Fabio Carvalho. So the question was about he's not playing in simple terms, he's not playing at the moment, you know, what's going on with him? So Klopp was quite distinct. You know, he's a, he's a young player, still developing. A lot of the um, textbook answers I'd describe it as, but quite distinct. He did mention that he has different skills to what's needed at times, maybe referencing the struggles potentially then. And naturally, he's a young talent, plenty of time to develop in his career. So plenty of platitudes there. I suppose this this is almost a question that a lot of fans are asking at the, the moment, Henry, around this player. Where do you actually see him fitting in long term? I suppose with Jurgen Klopp and even at Anfield further in his career, where do you actually see him fitting in long term? I mean, realistically, probably looks like that that left sided role is sort of the the probably the position he's been most known. Certainly, at Liverpool that he's been using the most. Yeah, Fulham, I think Fulham sometimes he operated as more of sort of a number ten, a little bit more central. Um, it's a tricky one with him because. It's a bit like going back to um, Bicetic really is that, you know, we, we're so critical of young players now and we have no patience as fans that as soon as maybe someone bursts onto the scene and drop away, we sort of become overcritical of them. So I'm, I'm not overly yeah. concerned about, about how he's doing. I think he's maybe just struggling to adapt to the system a bit. Physically, he's looked off it a few times. But I think looking at him in the long term, you know, there's no reason I don't think why he can't become a a reliable squad player for Liverpool, you know, as he gets older, has he got the quality to nail down a, a place in the starting 11? You know, if you're comparing to someone like Diaz, if you're talking about the left wing. Yeah. And he he's obviously not close to that level at the moment. And you could certainly argue that he never will be. Um, so it's, it's difficult because it's, it's brutal when you play for a club like Liverpool, you have to be at a very, very high standard consistently, yeah. especially the level we've been at under Klopp. So, it's it's a tough one at the moment to see him as a regular, but you'd like to think that he will develop and develop into his sort of mid twenties and become stronger and just his all all round game will improve. That he's seen as being good enough to be a squad player, but I don't think there's any shame that if he hits twenty two, twenty three, and it just hasn't happened for him, he's clearly a very good player, and you could see yeah. him moving to a, a mid table to you know. A, I don't know, a Villa or a West Ham or, or someone like that. And and that's where he could end up sort of making a name for himself. Lots of players have done that before who have been been tipped to become stars at a bigger club. So um, I don't think there's any panic about what's going on. I think he's he's just struggled a bit after he probably made a bright start, obviously scored the winner against Newcastle. Um, yeah. But at the moment, Klopp, you know, Klopp does this with some players. Sometimes he, he makes it clear that they're not quite doing what, what he wants of them and, and will take them out of the firing line. Yeah, absolutely. It's very much a, a project, if that's the right phrase. So yeah. is it, it's always an interesting one, I say, especially with the the younger players. There is a pressure and the, there's an expectation that, you know, it's got to happen now. And if it doesn't, you know, come out all systems firing, so to speak, questions are asked. But yeah, a lot of time with the players and probably a great point there as well, that there is a lot of con- competition, especially up top with a team like Liverpool. So, you know, the, there's no disgrace if you're not in every week he doesn't make you a bad player he's still developing so yeah time exactly. on inside that way definitely so yeah we'll, we'll sort of move on because it's interesting a lot of the 
the questions related to the other section, such as the other night, Newcastle. So we'll move on to, and I have got no hesitation in doing this, the Everton game and the clues we took from that. So a handsome 2-0 victory, you know, definitely didn't flatter us at all. Got Salah and Gappo. The atmosphere was, I was there, is absolutely electric. You know, the flag day, everything that was there at Anfield. The team was pressing from the off and almost to a, to use the, the line that, that Klopp said, it looked like us and it definitely gave him something to build on from one day. You know, it was key to, to point that out in his press conference. Also name-checked a few people. So said that Fabinho was the best he'd been for a long time. Probably not too hard, but, I, you know, I did take the point on that, especially labelled Hendo as exceptional. So he was keen to sort of name-check a few players there as well. Probably a simple question, Henry, but one that, Words can just spew forth, so to speak. What were your honest thoughts on the performance on Monday? Well, I think like Klopp says it for the first time in, I don't know, maybe since the City game at home, it just felt a little bit like the Liverpool of old. And that was the most, that was the most pleasing thing is from the off, you could just sense just that extra intensity in their play and the players seem more up for it. And you, you could just, you could just tell, I think um, the only thing I would say without sort of putting a downer on it a bit is that I think Everton were, were terrible yeah, and probably couldn't have played into our hands anymore if they tried in terms of their approach. You know, they didn't try and outrun us. They didn't try and hit us on the break, which is what, you know, how many games can we rattle off this season where, you know, Wolves, Brentford, Brighton, all these teams have done that. And that's yeah. why we could have been pulled apart. They didn't do any of that, but that's not to take too much away from the performance, which was, it was just so much better. I think the, the defence looked more switched on. The midfield sort of definitely had more intensity. Uh, Budgetic playing in that sort of number eight role. He was obviously superb. And I mean, Fabinho and Henderson were clearly much improved. Um, and I'm not going to, as much, you know, I love them both and, it's great to see them getting praised, but I think the, the bigger test for those two will come, you know, in these next couple of games when they're playing midfielders who are probably going to try and outrun them. You know, you, people like Joel Linton and, you know, Valverde, people like this. That, I think yeah. that, uh, that's where the test will come because they did better, but they also weren't hugely tested at the same time. Um, but then in terms of the, the rest of the play, I mean, the attack for the first time, that front three, it just clicked. It had a it had a better feel about it. I thought Gakpo did brilliantly in that sort of almost sort of false nine role. Yeah, you know, few people have compared him a bit to Firmino in that game. And you, you could see the comparisons that he was just he looked more intelligent with his use of the ball. And when it when he scored, he seemed to suddenly get about ten miles an hour quicker as well, and just sort of looked so so much confident. All of us more confident all of a sudden. There was one sort of turn and and burst of pace where you suddenly realised that, you know, he's had some stick for supposedly lacking pace, but he's he's rapid when he when he sort of when he goes for it. So he was great. Nunes, you know, has got far too much unfair stick all season, even though yeah. he you know, he's deserved it at times for some some poor finishing, but he was great, you know, brilliant for the first goal. And I thought Salah was just an absolute Menace really for them the whole game that you, you know, Mirlenko, I think it wasn't left back. He just, you know, he couldn't handle him for most of it. But just, just the whole team had just that much more cohesion about it. And it was the atmosphere was great. And it just felt like hopefully the start of something. And they've got to now build on it because they didn't when they beat City. And that, that felt like, a, well, turned into a full storm. But yeah. this, time, this time they've got to produce that performance week in, week out and against better teams. Yeah, I'd agree with that. We've had a we've had a few of these false starts, shall we say, this season, and yeah. it it is 
you try not to look back on it too much and without getting carried away, but you're, there were so many positives, like you say, in, in all areas of the pitch. <laughs> Probably the, the things to temper, like you mentioned, did, did Everton offer any threat? I genuinely can't remember it. I thought bar in the head, apart from the Tarkovsky header. Yeah. I think that was virtually it. Yeah, and I, I was thinking that, and I think they had the, the young lad Sims up front who just looked isolated yeah. on his own so much. And maybe it's quite telling when someone like Joe Gomez is bullying you a lot of the time. That maybe tells <laughs> its own story, so to speak. But yeah, look, a million positives, but maybe the bigger tests are yet to come and we're going to talk about that because there's some week coming up as well. I mean, we always ask the questions, I suppose, has anyone played their way in and out when we start to analyse certain parts? So if we think about, I suppose, the defence, first of all, Henry, because the natural assessment or the natural question is going to be, and it got asked specifically in the press conference, didn't it, about is Van Dyke back and... He kind of gave a wry smile, didn't he, Klopp? Like, yeah. He did, yeah. He looks ready, so to speak, as in, like, just you wait. Which, which Virgil's coming back, anything like the old Virgil, where that would change a lot of things. I suppose, assuming if, if Van Dijk, it'd be hard to almost see him not coming back into the side. Maybe the first question to ask then, which centre-back makes way, do you think, for him if he does come in? Um, I, firstly, I think he will come back in. I think, I think Klopp, like you said, Klopp sort of indicated that a little bit with a smirk. And I think it would be, it would be a massive risk to, for his first game back to be Real Madrid. Um, so I think he will start. Um, it's a tricky one because I think Matip's the better player. Clearly out of him and Gomez, I prefer Matip. Yeah. But I think he looks the worst of the two. The, neither have been good, obviously, over the last month or so. But I thought Gomez was the better of the two against Everton. Uh, Matip has just, as much as I love him, he's he's just got an error in him at the moment, and not not just a small error. You know, he sort of he had that wild air kick in, quite early on 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 Monday that yeah. sort of, Sim, Sims sort of got a half chance from it, and he just wasn't. I, there was a stat going around. I, I think it might have been Andrew Beasley, but. Something like he's made three errors leading to shots in the last three games. Wow. And before, before that, he made two leading to shots in about the last hundred or or something like that. And yeah, kind of just sums up, you know, he was obviously terrible for, I think, one of the Wolves goals. He nearly gifted them another one as well. So I think, to be honest, Gomez probably merits keeping his place slightly more. Not, there's not much in it, but mm. I, would, I would personally go with Matic because I think he's... He's a different player, obviously, when Van, Van Dyke's next to him. And um, you'd hoped, you'd, well, I'd hope that he's just going to get over this slump, which is all it is. It's a drop-off in form and maybe he's not quite the player he was a couple of years ago. But I think with, with Van Dyke back, those two have been so good together so often over the years that I think I would still feel just slightly more more comfortable with Matip there. But I'd certainly have no complaints if Klopp decided to drop him and, and play Gomez. Yeah, and... Again, it's like it's almost like splitting hairs because you'd, you'd almost love to say, like, it's got to be one. He's so much better than the other. But yeah. almost as you mentioned, they've just been flaky at best recently. I suppose the only thing I lean towards slightly with Matip is the aerial ability because they're all quite a tall side, aren't they? Yeah. Newcastle as yeah. well, especially for set pieces. Like I was thinking Botman, Dan Burns, a giant as well type of thing. And yeah. we know that's where Gomez is lacking, so to speak. So, yeah, maybe splitting hairs, but I, I would probably be on that as well. I suppose forward line, because we're talking about forwards coming back now, we've got Jota and you know Bobby got some minutes. But as you mentioned at the same time, that that front three 
almost functioned the best it's functioned for a, a long time. Again, maybe not hard the other night. Do you have a case or do you think there's any chance of Jota or Bobby getting a start at all at St. James's Park? Uh, I'd be surprised just because I think it would be a bit of an error from Klopp if he changed it so quickly after they've just clicked for the first time. I think you may yeah. be... You maybe want to let that front three have a bit of rhythm. Uh, You've obviously got the risk of, do you want to play all three against them? And then Real Madrid three days later, there's a potential Mm. risk there where it's hard to see Jota or Firmino starting away to Real Madrid. So, um, but I, I... Put it this way, I wouldn't I wouldn't complain if, for example, I saw Jota on the team. You know, it's great great to have him back. But I think just for that, Liverpool are at their best when they get into a rhythm. And I think yeah. those three look like they were in a rhythm on Monday. And to all of a sudden think, you know, you've got Gakpo with a bit of confidence. Nunes delivering. Salah looked for the first time in a while back to somewhere near his, his best. I think to take any of those three out would suddenly be a blow to their confidence and just upset the rhythm a bit, whereas you're going to throw Jotter or Firmino in having not played much football for a while. And it's probably the likelihood is it's going to make the attack that little bit more unbalanced and, and lacking rhythm. So I'd, I'd probably like to think those two will get another half an hour, something like that, depending on the result. And I'd, I'd personally keep it exactly the same. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. And what I won't do is I won't ask you too much about the midfield or this will make the formation and lineup prediction redundant by the time we get to that. <laughs> but yeah, no, strong, strong cases, struggle to, to argue with that. But I just, I'm just so happy we've got a positive that we actually have options from the bench again that we can yeah, talk about who can affect and change the game. So fingers crossed, the injury side is starting to, to look up overall. Moving on to Newcastle, because they're having the season of their lives. I mean, someone's, I saw it the other day because they've drawn the last three games of Bournemouth, West Ham and Palace. Someone said they're stuttering, but... They've still done so well, let's be honest. They're right up there. They're in the fourth spot. They're in the Carabao Cup final. They've got a few sort of injuries and niggles as well, that, that, but a lot of clubs have got those. And there's talk about, are they staying the course? But what we know from, or from what we've heard, that Almiron and San Maximan are fit, but it's doubtful for Wilson and Willock at the moment. And Klopp was asked about them. And, you know, he said Eddie Howe's done an exceptional job you know, talks about their quite rightly clean sheet record. And I think they've, they've only lost that one game to us. So funnily enough, we Fabio Carvalho's very, yeah. very late winner, didn't they, at Hadfield? So mentioned that, probably tried not to, to smirk there. Mm-hmm. I mean, try not to put words in your mouth, Henry, because it, it does feel like a, a massive game in some ways. Is this the proverbial six-pointer, if you want, in terms of, Champions League hopes and our real aspirations. Is it that big this weekend? I think, it, it, yeah, it, it does feel like a, a massive one to me. I think just in terms of not just the result, but sort of momentum. I think yeah. not, not everyone likes that word, but I think um, having beaten Everton, I think if we were to go there and win away to Newcastle, who haven't lost there all season, obviously, like you said, I've only lost once home and away. I think that would be a psychologically massive boost for us and a, and a massive blow for yeah. them because they've obviously they've obviously just dripped uh, sort of dropped off a little bit the last month. I think they've only won one out of the last six in the league, uh, drawn the other five. Um, few in, they were at a point where they were fielding the same eleven every week, which is such yeah. a, a luxury to be in. And as soon as a few injuries have come along, certainly Bruno Gimarai being the biggest, they've just not looked the same team. So. Um, I, yeah, it it does feel for 
From Liverpool's point of view, I think it feels like an absolute must not lose. I think um, draw is absolutely fine. I think as much yeah. as we as much as we all want to go there and win and and kick on from the Everton game, if we come away from that with a nil nil, a two or whatever, that has to be seen as that's okay. I think we'd be nine behind with a game in hand. And that's doable, but I think to suddenly lose and what be be twelve back, yeah, it'd be the damage it would do as well to to be that that full storm again after everything. I think it'd be very difficult for for us to just for the players to pick themselves up again and think right, we're we're now going to have to gain twelve on them. We've got Tottenham ahead of us, you know, a few few others around. So um, yeah, I, I certainly look at it as a not a must win, but definitely a must not lose. I think a draw will. You know, it's not a perfect result for us, but it would be fine. Um, Newcastle, I think, will be well aware of just how big a win would be for them. And gut feeling at the moment does say they will they will take fourth. Yeah, it's it is a must game. Can't disagree with that. And people don't like that word, but it is true. Momentum and people talk about Liverpool, don't they? It's one of those teams that can go on a run. Gary Neville mentioned it. You know, we, we are one of those teams who have got the history of you know going on on big runs especially as we get to the the business end of the season so it would be great to almost have that feel again but like you say just there's been a lot of false dawns in recent times so let's just you know not lose it to start with start to to build something from there and do you know what this sounds strange even if it was like a a nil-nil almost like a couple of clean sheets not you know I want to win but let's be clear on that but something just to to build on looking more solid that way that would still be something to work with so yeah, fingers crossed on that. I mean, they have been doing brilliantly and that some not strange players is the wrong word, but I'm not going to suggest that for a second anyone has predict, predicted the impact Miguel Almiron would have this season, especially not Jack Grealish of all people. So, <laughs> you know, there's been a few that have really sort of risen high for Newcastle this season. When you when you look at them and obviously bearing in mind the team news that Almiron, Sam Maximum is supposed to be fair. Wilson will it doubtful. Do you look at any specific players in terms of they're a real threat to us? You know, they pose a real threat. We've got to make adjustments. Anything like that from a player perspective from them? I mean, I think Almiron is is the obvious one because, you know, he's he's flying this. He's not, I'm the same as you. Yeah. I, would ne- I would never have predicted this remotely. I thought he looked dreadful, quite frankly, a year ago. I thought he was nowhere near probably Premier League level at one point. And um, he's just a, he's a great example of um, a bit like Rashford at the moment. He's a great example of confidence. I think confidence is, is as big as anything in a footballer. And once you can get in a rut, if you're struggling, if you're in a rut, then we've seen it with so many of our players this season, you can really struggle. And on the flip side, if you you just get into a zone where you feel like you're not going to miss and you can beat every fullback you come up against. So he, I look at him, his, his battle with Robertson, I think is going to be big because I think Robertson's probably been the one defender that I think he's been far from perfect. He's had, he's had bad games, but I think he's been probably the least sort of the most blameless out of all of them. He, I think he's yeah. still doing, generally doing a, a solid job and he's a, a very strong defender. So I think that's a that's a big battle that, that Robertson needs to win. And then on the other side, it's probably going to be some maximum. So him against Trent, you look at and think, you know, that's, is he going to be willing to track if Trent goes forward? And then you look at him as he's a, divides opinion a little bit as a player, but he's certainly dangerous. You know, he's going to be... Yeah. Going at Trent, twisting and turning, cutting inside. So, you know, he's one of those players that if you really, a bit like 
you know, Traore, it's a bit of a lazy comparison, but Traore at Wolves, he's better than him. But if he really has a good day, he can be unplayable. But equally, he can have a stinker and be lazy yeah. and not track his man. So I think that those two battles on either flank are massive. And then it looks like obviously Isaac will, will lead the line and, and he caused us all sorts of problems. Anfield, um, what did he do? Score twice or score once? Whatever he did. I think he had a goal disallowed, didn't he? Yeah. Um, if Van Dyke comes back, then, you know, he's he's going to have a huge job in, in keeping him quiet. So I think it is going to be a case of without Bruno in midfield for them, their midfield is going to be pretty workmanlike. Um, ensuring that Joe Linton doesn't sort of outrun us is probably going to be key as well. He's He's been great for them this season. He's another one that I didn't think would ever hit the heights that he has. So um, whether or not we can, you know, dominate him, um, it's probably be long staff in there, I guess, as well. Um is key as well. But I, I think I would certainly look at those two wide areas, the attacking players and, and Isaac as the ones that they're the, they're the threat. And I think the the result will sort of depend a lot on how, how our defence does against them. I did wonder this because, yeah, I think in terms of their threats and it, yeah, it does, as much as they've been solid down the middle, clean sheets, attacking wise, a lot of the threat does come from out wide, especially those players and the, like I say the unpredictability almost of Sam Maximum that way and now even Almir are more consistent now but still as I always think a clanger in him or a, a disappearing act now and again I suppose yeah. with those being the threats and obviously you mentioned about and people are going to jump on this as I start to say it about Trent again Sam Maximum yeah. do you think there'll be any sort of special measures so to speak adjustments in normal tactics or you know, full try not to put words in your mouth here, being honest, but like full backs, special any special instructions, I suppose you'd say, with Newcastle in mind. Um, I don't think there'll specifically be a, a particular instruction. I think I think we'd all agree that probably Trent and Robertson have been turned into slightly more disciplined roles of yeah. late with the results so terrible that at times I think Klopp has tried to make it a little bit more solid that we haven't seen this rampaging trend and I think I could see that happening again I think a lot of people will want to see this free-flowing Liverpool you know pressing that we saw on Monday but I don't think it will be quite like that I think I think there's certainly the intensity will hopefully be there and that will be the plan but I think there will be a slight level of caution from Klopp in that he won't want those fullbacks going too far forward because he'll be be wary of the wide threat so I think that's probably something where you know, I think we'll be looking at it thinking Trent's being given quite a, a discipline role. And obviously, I, I think Henderson, if, if Henderson's playing there, you know, he'll be in front of him. And um, I think I think Klopp, to be honest, will go into it with an approach of not losing, which isn't to say that we're not going to attack. Um, yeah. We will. We, of course we will. But I think um, possibly fans who think we're going to kind of go into it sort of strutting and we're going to outplay Newcastle and sort of dominate the ball I think they'll they're probably be going to be disappointed because I think it might be a game where we ease ourselves in and and try and pick them off but um yeah in terms of an approach I don't think I don't think there'll be a sort of real specific focus on them because on our day you know we're as good as them you know we can easily match them and and beat them but I think um I think the fullbacks will probably just be fairly disciplined yeah I I can well see that and as you mentioned, we've almost looked at it in the recent games that very much they've almost tucked in at times, but they've still been breaking, shall we say, when it's been on. I mean, yeah. you look at that goal against Everton the other night, it's Robbo driving it, and then all of a sudden he's switching it to Trent on the right-hand yeah, yeah. side, isn't he? Yeah. Bursting forward. But but again, only when it's on, only when it's opened up. So yeah, I very much suspect that 
that could well be in the instructions. If it's on, yes, but probably the right phrase, not rampaging by any means, especially with the opposition in mind. So it's teed up to be a massive one, isn't it? I did forget. I've, I've actually just it's just come into my head. I totally went totally blank and forgot that Anthony Gordon plays for them now. Uh, so he's there's probably a chance that he'll start. Which whether or not he'll be one of the wide men or potentially players a number ten, I'm not sure. But he's another one that I can. The way Liverpool season's going, you know, you can see a former Everton player scoring an 89th minute winner. God, I was feeling positive until you just mentioned him <laughs> Sorry. And said that as well. So yeah, no. It, 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 it is possible because he's, he's an interesting one for them because there's, there's even been suggestions that longer term that he wants Gordon there and Sam Maximum will be going out, which seems astonishing yeah. to me because I know which player I'd rather have out the yeah. two of them. But yeah, he is the uh, the unpredictable factor. But yeah, yeah it's going to be a fact. There's so many battles over this pitch. It is going to be a fascinating one. And I suppose we've answered bits of it if we come on to, to formation and lineup prediction because I know you mentioned sort of the fullbacks. Alisson, Trent Robbo take care of itself. You've put Matip, VVD in there as the two centre-backs. Yeah. Mentioned Salah, Gapo, and Nunes. And, and I'm guessing, I probably should just double-check, and because they did interchange quite a bit, but I'm guessing it's Gapo in the middle, almost like yeah. he did against Everton the other night. Same yeah, sort of style. left, yeah. Brilliant, yeah. And fingers crossed they repeat a similar performance from Everton, which... I suppose just leaves us with one area of the pitch. So I suppose your middle three, Henry, and how they almost line up in their roles as well. This is the hardest because I think Klopp will have one eye on Real Madrid. That's probably the only way I could say. That's why maybe something changing in the front three is possible because of Real Madrid. And I think certainly... I'd be very, very surprised if the midfield is the same for Newcastle and Madrid. So I think there'll be a, a change in there somewhere. I would personally keep it the same on Saturday as on Monday, but sort of with the the added sort of thing of Fabinho and Henderson still have a hell of a lot to do to convince me that they're worthy, yeah. worthy of playing because, like I said, yes, they were improved, but it was still only Everton. And in, in the first 15 minutes, I actually thought... Fabinho was looked really poor, and then I thought he grew into it and did a lot better. But it was a couple of times yeah. he still looked so slow. Um, so I would go with them, but this is a this is a far bigger test than Everton, and um, I think we'll know a hell of a lot more about those two after tomorrow night's game because of the intensity. I think Newcastle will play with. So I would go with them, but equally, I'm not going to have an issue at all if, for argument's sake, uh, Naby comes in. And that leads to Klopp playing Henderson as the six or Naby comes in for Henderson in the number eight and, and Fab keeps his place. Whatever happens. I mean, Bicetic has to play, simple yeah. as that. So he, he walks in and then it's it's any two from three because obviously Thiago's out. Jones isn't, you know, someone I I want starting at the moment. So, um, yeah, I think I would I would keep it the same, but I'm not going to complain if, if Naby came in. Yeah, it, it is a tough one. It's almost thinking about... This is this is a massive game, but trying not to cast that one eye to the Madrid game, you know, in midweek. I suppose I, I was honestly thinking, probably similar to you, same eleven on the basis that, and again, it's linked to to wee badge having to be sort of nailed on in there. But is that maybe the most physical, if that's the right phrase, midfield yeah. that we can yeah. can play at the moment? And as as you mentioned, especially with. Bruno being out, which I think I mean that's great news for us personally, but it will have that very 
workmanlike feel, won't it? Newcastle, Longstaff, Joel Linton. So, yeah, I could well see they might think Fabinho or Hendo. But again, probably to you, would, would it surprise me if Naby was there? Not at all. Wouldn't, no. you know, wouldn't surprise me one bit. But, I, think yeah. is, I think he's possibly, I think I'd maybe say he's the more likeliest that he'd play against Real Madrid just because maybe it's not quite as it's not quite as physical a game, yeah. And that's a game where I think having some element of control and ball retention is probably going to be more important in a in a stadium like that and it, against a team as good as that. Where you know I think he's more likely to for all, for all his faults and you know everyone knows how divisive he, he is as a player, but he does keep the ball ticking over. He doesn't he doesn't lose it cheaply too often. He's he's fairly press resistant. So I wonder if maybe like you said, Klopp will go with the physicality against Newcastle and maybe. Take, for example, take Henderson out against Real Madrid, or take Fab out and 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 put Naby in for that one. Yeah, listen, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. But that is why I get the suspicion. And like you say, it's somewhat strange to say it's it's less of a test for Real Madrid than it that it is Newcastle, but it's a different type of test physically anyway. So yeah, I could well see Naby, which almost could be a redemption because we know what happened the last time Navigator was, well, the COVID season, he was taken off early, wasn't it? So yeah. I'm sure he'll be very keen to to get on in that, even if it is for potential suitors. But we won't talk about that anymore. So we will see what happens with the lineup come Saturday, which only leaves one final thing to ask Henry. So it's currently two all in the States for Beat the Host in terms of predicting the right score and the first scorer. So, as always, the guest gets to choose first. So, the score and first scorer for us, who are you going with? Ah, fuck, so difficult. Uh, I think gut feeling is one all, first scorer, Salah. Annoyingly, I'm not going to lie, that is exactly what I had written down and what my gut <laughs> tells me in that regard. So e- even I had a suspicion we might have to potentially come from behind because we haven't conceded one too early. In the well, We didn't see one in the last game, so we're due for another one. Back to our routine. So yeah, yeah. one all Sally gone with. In that case, I'm going to go with... Let's just be wildly optimistic for a moment. I'm going to go for a hammering of a 1-0 victory with (laughs) Darwin Nunes to get back on the goal trail because his performance the other night pretty much had everything but the gold in it. So would be great if we can get Darwin back on the goal trail. So Henry's gone 1-1 with Salah scoring. I've gone 1-0 with Darwin Nunes to get the winner. So all right. <laughs> I hope you yeah, win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finger fingers crossed. Fingers crossed very much so. But ladies and gents, if you've been listening or you are listening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thank you very much for your time. And that was another post conference presser. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, 
and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.